Welcome to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer, a full show of tips and practical strategies to repair, rebuild, and strengthen your relationship. If you are currently stuck, wondering if your marriage can be saved, or you know you want to save it, but don't know how to go about changing it, this show is for you. To book your free marriage strategy session with Nicola, get the free marriage ebook or donate. If you are enjoying the show and want to help keep it flowing, visit www.nicolabeer.com. Hi and welcome. I'm so happy you're here. I'm going to be talking to you today about food, eating, and emotional foods. In a time where food and fad diets and mental health are such hot topics, it is so important to acknowledge the food that we consume does indeed play a vital role in our lives, both physically and mentally. We often eat habitually without giving any thought as to why we eat particular foods and why there are some foods that we should exclude from our diets. Majority of blind eating comes from leading stressful, fast-paced lives and living in a generation where we are not checking the sources of where our food is coming from. This factor itself, along with the rise in illnesses across the world, highlights the major problem of stress or comfort eating the wrong foods laced with chemicals. We are eating foods that contain minimal or zero amounts of nutrients our bodies desperately need to function effectively. By eating foods that our mind, body and soul do not recognise as food or do not get nourishment from, puts us in a state of unease and starvation. This is our body's way of communicating with us that something is not okay. It is this innate voice that keeps us connected to our inner souls. And when we choose to listen, we are able to slow down and pay extra attention to the nutrient-rich foods we need to consume and the emotions we need to address. There are many ways our body communicates with us, whether it's through cravings, addictions, allergies, and more. So in this episode, I will explain how to listen to your inner soul and interpret what your body is trying to communicate with you and why emotionally. So why does the body need to communicate through cravings or addictions? When we are too busy to listen to our bodies, we forget that without our mind being fed the right foods, we are depriving our brain from efficiently processing different emotions. Our nervous system relies on our brain to send important memos around the body to help us remain calm, feel good about ourselves and react appropriately to difficult situations. The more nutrient deficient food we eat, the more our bodies will struggle to cope with the day-to-day -day emotions and stresses. People often think that they need to diet in order to combat the unhealthy addictions they gain through stressful times. However, we need to teach ourselves to listen to our body's need rather than just assume what is needed. Else Reach, 2017, discussed the intuitive eating approach. And many things have been written on that and I will be covering that coming up and it's definitely something that I cover with the women or the men that I work with in losing weight or changing their eating habits, loving themselves and becoming free of the diet, starvation and binge cycle. Intuitive eating is really great because it encourages you to listen to the deep inner messages of your body in order to effectively connect to what to consume and what your body needs. 
This approach moves away from the good or bad stigmas attached to food and focuses more on eating what your body is telling you you need without feeling guilty. Through intuitive eating you are able to remove the negative feelings associated with certain foods and you're able to deal with emotions in other ways. Our brains are such complex organs that it is only right we pay extra attention to its functions, specifically the neocortex, which is part of the brain that controls how we perceive our future and the way we connect with our inner selves. If we do not feed our neocortex the right foods, our bodies end up turning to the more primitive parts of our brains, the reptilian and the limbic brains. The reptilian brain main focus is on survival, controlling our ability to breathe, our heart rate and our fight or flight response. It is devoid of emotion. It is very egocentric and holds us to old memories linked to safety or survival in order to protect us. The limbic brain is the emotional side, analysing what goes on around us and how it makes us feel. The functions of the limbic brain are heightened when we overindulge in processed food and sugars, including an increase in obsessions with food, drugs, sex and more. The neocortex part of the brain does not function well under stress and this is where the limbic brain takes over, which basically means emotions are heightened and responses to situations are emotional rather than rational, thus desire to seek pleasure or comfort in food arises. So this is really the main point to take away and if me talking about those different parts of the brain was going over your head, it's too early or in the morning for you or too late at night or you've got so many other things going on, essentially really what I'm saying is that sometimes our emotional brain takes over and wants to be fed foods for emotional reasons than physical reasons and I'm sure probably you can identify with that, most people can and if you're listening to this podcast it's probably likely to apply to you that you've eaten things not because you're hungry but because you're trying to either distract yourself emotionally or you're trying to fill that emotional need through food and that's where, where it becomes really interesting so I'm glad you've stayed through that with me because now we're going to be talking about the different foods that we go to and what they can signal that is going on for us emotionally. Now obviously this is a generalisation and I'm not talking about having little bits of these foods, I'm talking about having excessive amounts of these foods, excessive cravings, excessive addictions. It's often a sign that something emotionally is happening to us. You see, the majority of people use food to make themselves feel better and while there might be an instant feelings of comfort when you eat certain foods, we have to remind ourselves that the feelings deep inside are still there, waiting to be addressed. Food cannot fill those emotional voids, so the void of loneliness or emptiness, using food to, to really fill yourself up. If you eat lots of stodgy, bulky food, this is often wanting to fill that, that gap, that void, and not feeling seen. And I'm going to go through here some more foods that we turn to crave to when we're experiencing different emotions. And just listen with a pinch of salt. See how it goes for you. See if you can relate to this. So crunchy foods. Crunchy foods are often linked to anger. Overeating on crunchy foods such as crisps, nachos, crunchy cereals often indicates frustration, resentment, anger. 
Turning to crunchy foods can be an outlet for anger, allowing us to express anger without having to face a situation or person that is making us feel angry. It may seem safer than confronting someone or serve as a way to distract you from punishing yourself if you're angry at yourself. But of course, overeating to deal with anger is not safe for your body as it can lead to excess weight and you'll still be carrying the anger. You wouldn't have let go of the anger. It's just that distraction. So that's something to bear in mind if you love crunchy foods. Are you angry? And who are you angry at? And then work on that. The next is salty foods. So salty foods often indicate fear. Indicate we're feeling fearful, worried, concerned. Salty foods could be the salty dressings, salty meat, salty cheese. And it can be a sign of not being able to cope with worries on your mind. So seeking that food and also being scared to take a risk and then there's stodgy food so high gluten food wheat products these indicate the need for comfort and safety there are many foods that we class as comfort food when it comes to high carb high volume food this could be things like creamy mashed potato a big bowl of pasta lots of slices of toast cinnamon buns these foods give us a warm feeling of security and a sense of comfort often making them very addictive and needing more and more and more to get that comfort and as you know remember i was making these so-called healthy cakes they didn't have any sugar in but they were just wheat 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 and i could be eating half a loaf of bread in one sitting if i started on it so sometimes we're just needing that comfort of like stodgy foods, needing that safety. Then there's sugary foods. So overindulging in sugary foods is linked to two things. It's linked to the, the need for romantic love or excitement. So sugary foods like donuts, cakes and chocolate provide that buzz of love that we need in life. And there is something exciting about the high that you get when you consume a large amount of sugar. And so sometimes it's people seeking love. They could just go for sugary things. Fizzy drinks are also an indicator of a lack of excitement, a lack of passion, a lack of thrill, and people needing to have a, a, a soda to fizz up their life and make things more exciting. So are you addicted to fizzy drinks or sugary foods? And then there is dairy. So milk, ice cream, creamy cheese, and this is generally seen as nurturing love. And when you think back to it, back to the first food you ever experienced as a baby was your mother's milk, which was creamy. So creamy and dairy milks and dairy products often feel that nurturing love. They're often connected to that nurturing love that we're missing. And maybe we, we miss being cared for, shown affection to, shown attention to. And when we're going for an excessive amount or addicted to creamy cheeses and creamy things, then it can often be that yearning. Yogurts as well, that yearning for that nurturing love, being held, being cared for, being protected and seen. And then there is chocolate. So chocolate has been linked to sexual drive. And as humans, we are sexual beings and feeling sensual is something that we crave. And if we're lacking romance in our lives or lacking 
that intimate experience, we can often turn to chocolate to replace the intimacy that we need to function as healthy beings or the sugary and creamy dairy products also we can turn to, to those. So is there something missing in one of your relationships at the moment? Do you feel that you're not loved, protected, comfortable or safe? And is this affecting your eating? And then there is alcohol. So alcohol has been linked to that need of acceptance. One of the things we innately turn to when we need a boost of confidence in social situations is often alcohol for a lot of the Western world. And we hope that drinking will allow us to loosen up and become accepted part of our social circle. And for some people, it also gives that illusion of self-acceptance, where people drink it and think like, okay, when I drink it, I'm fine with myself. I stop nagging myself. I stop that self-criticism. I stop that voice. I'm happy. And then the voice gets louder, though, when the person sobers up the next day, because they're then annoyed on top of that about the drinking as well. So if you're going for alcohol, do you accept your life? Do you accept yourself? Do you crave to be accepted by others and not have that confidence within you? Alcohol also gives that sugar rush, that sugar excitement and love. People feel like they're giving themselves a treat having wine or beer. They feel like it's loving themselves and this then becomes quite addictive. Drinking alcohol also can hide those feelings of disappointment, which can make people feel good about themselves. Unfortunately, it's only short-lived, and I've helped many individuals to break free from that glass of wine and snacks cycle, or that glass of wine and leads to a few glasses of wine, leads maybe to a binge, and then the next day a bit hungover leads to a bigger binge. People trapped in that cycle can be really beneficial just to get some help to get out of it because once you get out of it often you can keep it up but it's just sometimes it can be so so difficult to get out of it I know because I was in that awful cycle for such a long time then there's corn and according to different experts this is not my experience working with people however apparently corn can be linked to success and people eating corn may feel a feelings of failure feeling a lack of success so they go for corn products if they're dealing with professional, financial or personal disappointment. And it can distract someone, it can fill them up and it can take away those feelings of I'm not feeling successful. I haven't really found that myself. I'd be interested to know what you think, what your feelings are around all of these. Please do feel free to email me. I'd love to hear from you. And you can also leave a rating or review sharing what you think of this episode and any insights you have it'll be great to give you a voice and and for other people to read it and and learn from each other then there is fatty foods so fatty foods have been linked to shame when someone overindulges in the oil they're giving into their internal shame they're not feeling good enough they're feeling that they are embarrassing or not how they want to be and so they cover themselves with layers of fat. They cover themselves with food that is dripping in oil because they want to feel safe. They want to protect them, others away from them. They want to give a sense of a barrier. And sometimes this is really the saddest thing. Work with so many people who are obese and the obesity is 
formed because of a lack of safety earlier on in life or a lack of safety in a relationship uh, or an accident or an incident where they didn't feel safe and then they're using the excess weight to protect themselves or to look unattractive or to hide and you know I really believe that people really need love in these situations. It's an emotional problem and they need love. Just like if you saw somebody with two broken legs in a wheelchair, they need love and so do people who are obese. So let's look at food and the mind. As well as certain foods being linked to specific emotions, there are negative internal messages we are sending ourselves when we're eating particular things. So in relation to what I've just shared, let me just connect a few of them for you and see how you can notice the mind and food connection. So when we're eating for crunchy foods, for anger, it can create more troubled thoughts for us. It can make us feel more aware of our anger because we're not actually dealing with it. So sometimes people can be really sat in their anger. Salty foods can also be, mean the fear of being different. So when we eat salty foods, it can often be linked to specific emotions. So we're eating the food and then we can actually feel actually different. This is what studies have, have shown. So the reverse, when we eat these foods, it can create that emotion. So eating crunchy foods can create more anger, for example. And then there's high gluten or high wheat products. And this can often symbol that to ourselves, we cannot rely on the world. We can only rely on ourselves. So when we comfort eat, the message that we're giving ourselves is the world is scary. The world isn't safe. I do need to worry. No one can provide me with comfort and love. Food can. When we use sugar and we're using sugar to be our happiness, using sugar to be our fun, our excitement, our sodas, the message we're giving ourselves is I don't deserve to have fun. I don't deserve to have happiness because we're using food instead of actually going out and creating more happiness in our lives. And that's something I love to do when I work with somebody, whether it's a couple in a marriage, whether it's an individual, looking at how we can create more excitement, more fun, more passion into their lives. It's not about, right, you're going to go and eat this now, or you're going to change and eat this. It's all about how to live your best life, how to be happy with yourself, and then create healthy, happy relationships. And then there's dairy and ice cream. So when we just use ice cream and dairy as love, we're showing to ourselves that no one's going to love me the way I need to be loved. No one loves me. Food loves me. I'm getting my love from food. And sometimes if you've ever stayed in to be with food, which I did countless times over years and years, turning down invitations to go to parties because I wanted to stay in and eat a certain food. It really has this grip on you. So it's really important to just assess, what am I really feeling here? What is the emotion? And just really feel your emotions. Put the food away and feel them. And also I like to ask myself, what would you get off your couch for? I was gonna say something else then, but what would you get off the couch for and drive at 10 o'clock at night to go and get? I have done that with cereals, I've done that with cheese, I've done that with sweets and cake ingredients and bread. What are your foods that you have literally, late at night, gone and got? 
Or what have you thought about in panic that you might be running out of? And then you'll go and buy a massive bulk load of it so that you don't run out. Is anyone else out there as crazy as me? And really, when I looked at my emotions, it was my emotions that were driving it. So looking at using food to distract me from what was really going on in my life. And then there is chocolate. Sometimes eating chocolate for sexual needs and sexual desires can be a sign that you're feeling or thinking that sensuality is bad, see it being sexual is bad for you. So you go for the, the chocolate instead. And by all of these, these are obviously excessive. And uh, if you share it with your partner, then of course that's different. But if you're eating it by yourself in secret, that's what it can mean. And then there's alcohol. So when we use alcohol to be ourselves, when we use alcohol to socialise with others, to go on a date, to get us in the mood for intimacy, sometimes we're sharing with ourselves that I can't be my true self because no one will accept me for who I am. And therefore, we are being something else. And then there is corn. So if we don't feel very successful, according to experts, this one is basically saying that I'm not a successful individual. I'm a failure. So if you're addicted to like popcorn or corn syrup products or corn on the cob, it's not feeling successful as an individual. And then there's fatty foods. So if you have an over addiction to fatty foods, this is really about you're feeling ashamed of yourself feeling that you don't deserve anything good in your life. Obviously that's a generalisation, but you don't deserve good. You don't perhaps deserve happiness or love. Now you may identify with this, or you may think that this is really dark and deep, but some of these things can be happening on a subconscious level, as in you're not really aware of them. So whenever I do work with somebody, I often combine the unconscious processes. So it's good to look at what is really happening and what are you really feeling, and not just working with your conscious mind but the unconscious mind. I was reading uh, a leaflet on hypnotherapy the other day because obviously I, I do a lot of hypnotherapy and new research has shown that the unconscious mind is 6,000 times more powerful than the conscious mind and it drives our lives because it's 6,000 times more powerful. So are you driven by your subconscious mind or are you driven by your conscious mind? Who is in charge? in your life right now? And what are you doing to change it? And as you know, I'm a big advocate for hypnotherapy and meditations as they work with the subconscious mind. There's also some other processes. It's nothing to be scary, although I know when I first heard of it, I thought, I don't want anyone messing with my brain. But actually I realized that no one actually can do that because you can only accept things that you really want to accept. So in summary, using food as a treat for comfort on an odd day is perfectly healthy. We've all done that. However, once you understand the connection between food and emotions, it's really gonna support you to learn better coping mechanisms during those, those tough days. So it's not saying don't go and have a chocolate bar, a sugary cake, a creamy tub of ice cream, or whatever it is that you go to. But it's saying realize and notice that the emotions still need to be dealt with and it's not a long-term fix. And everything we eat can actually also impact our emotions. The mind and body is not separate at all. It's one unit. So they completely interlink. 
Nutrient-rich food will encourage the neocortex brain to function healthily. So innately you will stop turning to food as a source of comfort. By understanding and listening to your inner soul, you're able to uncover the feelings you need to address and learn how to feel satisfied emotionally. While this may be a scary challenge to address your fears, with the practice you will learn to become fully in tune with your mind and body, creating a happy, healthier you. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for listening. It's been a real pleasure to be with you today and I can't wait for you to join me in the next episode. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer. To book your free marriage strategy session today, you can visit www.nicolabeer.com where you can also get the free marriage fixing ebook, request a topic for the show and make a donation if the show has been of benefit to you and you want to help keep it going. We wish you an amazing love-filled day ahead.